Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this moment, your transatlantic bridge connecting Stockholm, Sweden to Harlem, USA. But not only that, at times and whenever given the chance, we like to connect to our peoples across the globe, to connect with the diaspora, to talk about the things that we love most, food, equal rights, the struggle for justice and hip hop culture. So it is a great honor that today on the show, we have none other than award-winning Ugandan rapper, record producer, hip-hop pioneer, Navio. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Navio, welcome to the show, brother. What's up, what's up? <laughs> How you doing, man? Man, I'm good, man. I am uh I'm I'm one thousand. Despite the circumstances, I am I'm That's I'm beautiful. good. I'm good. Always good. <laughs> so tell me where are you right now? Yeah, right now I'm in uh Bukasa in Kampala. Um yeah. and that's in Uganda, East Africa. So of yeah, course, East Africa in, in Uganda, UG as they call it. Uh, what's the vibe in, in Kampala today, now, October, going on October 2021? Uh, the vibe is, is pretty, pretty chilled compared to like a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. So or I can say months ago. Um, you know, we just had elections out here, so um, it's 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 been pretty rough. You know, um, I'd say a year ago, yeah, it was it was completely it was it was a madhouse. You know, um, we had elections at the same time as uh, COVID hit, um, and it was a pretty big and uh, a pretty heavily contested election for the first time. You know, you yeah. had you had an artist. Um, you know, a guy that I grew up with called Bobby White, and he's going up against the president who's been beloved out here for like 30 years, you know. Um, yeah. So it was it was a tough one, man. And it, it hit at exactly the same time as, you know, the, the first wave was what they call the first wave, you know, was hitting out here. So um, we kind of came out of that. And now, you know, we're a party state, you know, <laughs> like partying, having a good time. That's that's what UG is all about. So I think now you've kind of seen people get over a lot of, uh, the issues that happen, um, kind of more like forgive, not forget, you know, but people are kind of uh, trying to go back to normal life. Um, there, there's so much yeah. in that, Navio, that I want to unpack. I mean, yeah. but first of all, and maybe first and foremost, what is the pandemic ebbing out in, in UG right now, or is it still going strong? What's the... Yeah, it's... What are um, those stats, I mean, and, and how is that affecting life like today? Yeah, I mean it's it's weird because when I tell when I talk to my friends in the states or you know I have guys in South America, you know, and I'm like, yeah, man, we you know we had like thirty people, you know, uh, die today, you know, 
um mm. for them they like almost laugh at me you know i mean it's almost laughable mm. that was those are the stats you know for the mm. first wave it was like maybe 30 30 people dying at times 30 people getting infected you know um it was it was pretty low you know for the first wave and that lasted like a whole you know maybe three months so people hadn't really seen the effects people hadn't seen other people get sick there was no one in people's circles getting sick and so people were like man this is just did, you know, did they, they even they, believe it or was it, it like, you know, that's an issue. A lot of people believe that a lot of people were like, ah, this is just, you know, vaccinations mm-hmm. or they're tr- just trying to keep us off the street, you know, um, mm-hmm. so that they can control this election. You know, that was the yeah, other feeling yeah. that people had. Um, but I think when the second wave hit, you know, it really everyone was kind of affected. You know, there was it was if it was not a friend, it was a friend of a friend, you know, that 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 had contracted it. Um, and um, yeah, I actually got it as well. You know, of course. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Right after the hip hop awards, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I won. I won a couple of awards. There was a one, one too many high fives. You know, what I mean, yeah, yeah congratulations, yeah. You won bro. Some awards and then and you caught some you caught some uh, some prizes and, <laughs> and and you caught some virus. But how, but you pulled yeah, through I mean, it. I hope. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was I was one. Of, I was like asymptomatic basically. Okay. Um, okay. You know, which is yeah, kind of weird. Blessing, man. Yeah, I grew up asthmatic, so I was like, okay, it's a wrap oh. for me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely no effect, man. I was working out throughout the whole thing, and uh, luckily, I found out right at the beginning, so I was able to stay away from like, you know, my loved ones, my family. Um, mm. And yeah, it was what, it was what, cool. What is what are the like? What did the vaccination rollouts look like? You know, from a Ugandan perspective. We we've had maybe uh is it like maybe, are, are you vaccinated? Is it like readily yes. available for for you know for people? No, nah, barely, barely available. Really? Um, I've, yeah. uh, I think there's maybe two million people who've been vaccinated, and we're like forty million. Um, so there's still yeah, wow. <laughs> there's still a lot. So yeah, like about five percent. Yeah, that's low, man. Yeah, yeah, but super I mean, low. Uh, you know, so I, I I'm. Navio, yeah. I'm sitting in Stockholm in Sweden. I don't know if you've yeah. been ever. Yes. Massive Ugandan community in, in Sweden. Yes. Oh, you've been here? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have. All right, all right. Yeah, a few times. Well, we, we, yeah, okay, okay, beautiful. That makes me very happy that there's, you know, bridges uh, between our countries. Uh, yeah. I, I have a lot of Ugandan friends. So there's a, there's a small, but, small but forceful, uh, uh, small but powerful, I would say, Ugandan community in Sweden. Yes. Uh, several talented uh, artists, you know, um, that have Ugandan roots, but, mm-hmm. but seen from a Swedish perspective, right. And looking at, uh, um, the pandemic, I mean, obviously, uh, the, the election in January in, in UG was, was kind of, it was global news, you know? Yeah. And so crazy. We, we were put in that, but as far as, you know, and we'll hear on the news every now and then I'll be listening to BBC and they talk about, yeah. you know, the low vaccination rates in sub-Saharan Africa or in continental yeah. Africa, more or less. Yeah. And it's something that flashes past, I think, the minds, if I could speak in general terms, of people here, yeah. because the yeah. reality of being in a place where vaccines aren't uh, aren't available to that point just kind of underlines this ongoing inequality yeah. and ongoing kind of oppression of continental Africa that's, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. got a few hundred years uh, in the making. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, so it's uh, interesting. It's sad, to, it's, that's why it's interesting to talk to you who, yeah. who 
you know, you, you're living your life there with your family and trying to get yeah. by and yet and still. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, my, my wife is half Swedish as well. So. Oh, wow. Um, All right. Yo, you know, we, we basically, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know fam, we family, fam. man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. You know what I mean? I get down Julia Hallon, you know, is why I like to come out there. <laughs> You know what I mean? Get me, give me yeah, some, <laughs> give me some gravad lax. You know that's why I like. Okay, to come out. okay, okay. <laughs> well, we got to get you over here for some shows once, once, once things calm Absolutely. down a bit. By the know? way, yeah, it's about time, man. I need to, and you're a legend out there, man. So, so it's even oh, a blessing man. being. I just wanted to slide that in quickly, get that out Thank the way. You, brother. you know, Thank you, brother. get over my nerves. Okay. So yeah, man. It's, okay, it's, it's so good to be on the one, podcast. it's uh, two legends in conversation here. So let's let's yeah, rewind uh, a bit, Navio. Tell me yes. a bit about uh and tell the listeners about your background um like what's what's your story basically yeah so um i was born in nairobi uh during the civil war in uganda um so you had of course the legendary um idi amin come into power um around about the same time that I was born um, and you had Milton Obote as well, who's a dictator mm-hmm. before him. Um, well, wasn't a dictator at that point in, in many people's minds, but he was overthrown by Idi Amin. Um, and you end up having a situation that's, you know, there's this civil war in the streets. So um, my dad was actually a, an active revolutionary during all of this. So um, it ended up being that we had to run out of the country. Um, he was, he, he had a vendetta for uh, my my dad personally. So um, we ended up heading out of the country and we go to Nairobi um, as a family. And that's where I am born um, in exile. And um, yeah, and then from there, you know, we actually shift around. So to Zambia, between Zambia, actually uh, Kenya and a few other places, a few other countries that would take us in. So we're kind of like running around different countries in Africa in exile. Um and as you're, back. as you're growing up, kind of. Yes, so, yes, yeah. as I'm growing up. So we come back. My brother and sister started school in Kenya. So I continue going to school in Kenya. I'm out there for like another 10, 10 years, um, wow. all the way up okay. until high so, school. Okay. Yeah. Um, but by then, by like, by like, yeah, 86, 87, the war's done. So mm-hmm. from that point onwards, you know, I, I stay in Kenya for school, but my family relocates back to mm-hmm. Uganda. Um, yeah. Safe and sound. Um, so in school, you know, um, um, I hang with dudes. I'm, I'm more interested in sports, but all of my boys mm-hmm. are just crazy about hip hop, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I can't get, I can't get what, away what, from what the thing. What are some of the tunes? <laughs> what are some of the artists that that oh, you know your man. boys and that some of your early like hip hop uh, memories yeah, of hearing um, and, and getting in touch yeah. with the culture. Uh, I'll say getting in touch with it was like uh, also my brother. My brother was heavy into it, but he kind of brought that i kind of entered with the whole west side connection mm-hmm. era um mm-hmm. west side connection uh poverty's paradise so, naughty by nature uh mm, mm. you know yes, i kind of yes. got the whole <laughs> a whole <laughs> yeah, colorful yeah. palette uh-huh. you know of uh of, of hip-hop when it was like at its most raw and whatnot um and mm-hmm. so by the time i was trying it out in school it's like when tupac and biggie were going at it you know mm-hmm. um and it was really my friends who were who were the core of it. I was like, man, sports. So I was I was playing rugby. I was playing hockey. I was playing. I was doing swimming, cross country. I was on the athletics team. Like I was just wait a minute, wait a minute. You were playing team. hockey in UG. 
Yeah, not ice hockey. You see, see. Not ice hockey. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, because no, no. I was about to say, like, they really have to create some cold, you know. <laughs> maybe playing that on high altitude or something to yeah. get that ice. Because yeah, here is, we could maybe here do is a half not court. difficult. <laughs> yeah, be yeah. really difficult. We'd have to do like half yeah. court. Yeah, just mm -hmm. uh, swim instead. It would be easier. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. so um, we start rapping at the end of high school, come back with my friends over here now. Um, the family's kind of going through, um, yeah, you know, I, I got to get off school for a couple of years. Let me put it like that. Mm. Um, so as I'm out of school at the end of high school, my boys keep on coming back and a couple of them are based here as well now. So they're going to day school here. And so in 2000, 2001, we start, mm. um, uh, so yeah, in 2000, 2001, yeah, we start clear cut, call ourselves clear cut. Exactly. Pioneering and Ugandan yes, pop group. Yeah. yeah. And by this stage, we're like 14 years, 15 years old. Um, wow. Okay. You were that young when you started that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And all right. um, literally a year after that, we've been hitting all the battles, hitting all the competitions, uh, just killing it on the street. Um, mm -hmm. And so by then, uh, hip hop culture yeah. was was that kind of vibrant in, in Kampala, in Uganda? That, yeah, you know, yeah, but it was all was, international. the kids were listening to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was all international. So, um, you know, we'd literally take our record to the, the station and they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we play hip-hop, but we just don't play Ugandan hip-hop. You okay. know, that, that was like a major thing for us, you know, like mm -hmm. my, my first proper heartbreak was being told that, you know, I was like my own turf. Um, mm -hmm. So we always had a thing and they'd always complain, oh, the quality, it's just too raw, it's too this and too that. So that's the first time I, I really started to suss out the game and, and analyze, you know, quality and, and what it means oh. and getting my bars up and making sure that I'm on international level. You know, I never wanted to be in a playing field where I didn't know what I was doing. Um, oh. And so, yeah, man, it took a year. We came up with some quality records, get oh. nominated, you know, these are 15, 16 year olds. We get nominated for the Cora Awards and that's the biggest awards show in Africa at that point. Um, wow. And it, it, yeah. it's, uh, is it an award show held in, in Uganda or in another country? Uh, no, in, in, in South Africa. So wow. they, okay. yeah, they fly so it's legends a pan African, pan African musical award. That's yes. huge, man. Yeah, yeah. It's all you know. You're on the plane with Oliver Mutukutsi. You're eating breakfast with you know Coffee Olomide. You're Whoa, you know looking this okay. side that. There's Lucky Dube. Wow. It's it's yeah, like yeah. it was just Massive. next level for you know 14, yeah. 15 year old kids, man. So, and would you say would you say that yeah. at the time, like in Uganda, we're talking early two thousands, yeah. that. Uh, uh, kids are influenced by and radio is playing equal parts kind of American or Western music and kind of Pan-African or continental African music, like some of the artists yeah. you're mentioning, Lucky Dube from South Africa, Kofi Olomide yeah. from, I think he's from Congo or... or yes, Kofi Congo, Bar. yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. from Congo. I, it's like, so the kids, I mean, people know about the, the Africa, they're not just listening to American and British music at no. this point. No, okay. no, thank that, God. That makes me very happy to hear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Congolese <laughs> music was like running Africa by then. Mm. So they, mm. they were the big boys to watch, you know, Congolese music. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of turned to South African um, as well, you know, with the Brenda Farsis and Yvonne Chaka Chaka. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. had it for a long time. Um, and then it kind of moved to 
UG, we had it for a few summers, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, when, yeah, when it, it hasn't been back since it went to Nigeria, <laughs> it hasn't been back. So uh, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't give the crown yeah. back. Not yet. No, not yet. No, no, yeah. no. We 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 mm. still sticking in there. But I'm rooting for Burundi. Mm-hmm. And the rest, okay. you know. <laughs> soon okay, come, I, I'm soon still come. to hear any rappers from Burundi, but uh, yeah, my no, ears they, are wide open. Yeah, they 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 got bars and and Rwanda. They're okay. really good. Yeah. Mm. Wow. All right. So, All right. Yeah. Because so, I know. Uh, I mean, uh, traveling uh, in South Africa, while like some of the fiercest MCs I heard were were uh, kids yeah. from uh, or cats from uh, Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. They had some really dope MCs from uh, Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. I think they have a lot of they have a lot of um I mean it's it's kinda like what the Northwest is for South Africa, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it's mm-hmm. it's not there's I wouldn't say there's less to do, but kids can really work on the craft, you know. Mm-hmm. They can really work on their skills. So a, a place like Zimbabwe is kind of like that. Um, you know, so the guys you get coming out of there are really dope. Um, same as, you know, Northwest artists in South Africa. Um, they, 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 you know, they, they have time to really get it right, I think. Um, and would you so say yeah. that, like, being a U- UG, which is an Anglophone country, English-speaking yeah. country, do you also listen to some of the, like, well, you, you mentioned DRC, and of course they're singing, if if anything, they're singing in French, otherwise a local language or their own languages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but were you listening to, like, Cote d'Ivoire and, like, you know, yeah, uh, I mean... Senegal, you know, which had a Senegal strong hip hop scene. Yeah. I mean, it's by like 2004, 2005, we had started exploring Africa like like hard. So um, we're one of the few groups that you could catch out all the way in the West, like Burkina Faso, Accra, mm-hmm. Benin, you know, mm-hmm. Nigeria, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. We were doing that. Then, of course, you had the Botswana, you know. Yeah, you yeah, might yeah. find yourself in uh, Goma, in Congo. We wow, we, we wow. traveled and maybe hit like fifth, over 15 countries, um, you know, by plane, bus, whatever it took really mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. that point to kind of get our name out there. So we wanted the blessed few to, to, to be able to hear artists from all over and what they were up mm-hmm. to. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean... Thank God for the internet, but you know there, there was some charm to actually going there, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually going there personally and ha- having to like yeah, get your record with out. Artists and, and, yeah. yeah, it was it was a beautiful thing. Now was, you it, just was it mainly was songs. it mainly it was mainly CDs then? I guess it's, it's yes. like still kind of early days of internet. Yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah, yeah definitely definitely. I mean. All the way up until recently, that's been an issue on our side, right? So mm-hmm. you have artists mm-hmm. who are huge and anywhere else in the world, they'd have 10 million followers, you know, online. But they'll have like a couple thousand, you know, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's been a real problem and the expense. Because is it still, yeah. still CDs are, are still uh, like used yeah, for, today? Like, yeah, I mean, like here, when you drop, your, when it's, you it's, drop it's your latest album, Strength in Numbers, yeah. was that? Yes. Did you release that on CD as well? Yes, yes, I did, I okay. did, um, yeah. and I think I caught the wave just as like change is kind of coming, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at first, people were like, no, no, just do it, you know, do it online and keep it there. But I was like, you have so many little distributors who are not, mm-hmm. um, uh, they're kind of like illegal distributors over here and people give them the music and they put it on these cds and people come by and buy the cds and that's where they go for to get their movies and stuff like that Um, and i was like you know this still seems to be something that's working so Mm. i was like you know let's just take a risk make some cds 
um, mm-hmm. and see what happens. And and thank God it it it, it paid off. You know the gamble. Mm-hmm. We also teamed up with, you know, the biggest Boda Boda. You know the Boda Bodas are the little bikes over here, okay. and they're yeah, like yeah, a yeah. delivery service. So we teamed mm-hmm. up with them in lockdown because they were able to move, and so people were able to order their CDs and they got straight delivered to their house and stuff. So we managed to get in there i think right before the change really happens and everything switches online um so it's 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 a blessing and a curse but yeah man i'm, I'm glad to get rid of those cds to say the truth <laughs> they're bulky <laughs> and, and so so clear cut y'all were you know y'all made massive waves in, in your home country in yes. uganda and as yeah by hearing you i mean really went pan-african uh the yeah. term uga flow was it comes yes. from you know clear cut really establishing a ugandan hip hop identity and yes. you released a couple of albums and then then how i mean today i know you're a solo artist so how was that journey yeah um I, it was really just about going back to school cuz remember i had taken 2 years out which became 3 right. um mm-hmm. and our parents were like seeing the escalation you know us guys just blowing up overnight um, you know, you go from like these little talent shows we're going to, and then it turns into like, you know, 5,000 people, then 10,000 people at a show wow. and we're little kids. Wow. Um, yeah. And we're also getting bank for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, our parents kind of, you know, had a meeting and, and were like, yo, mm-hmm. you guys need to go back, finish school, and then <laughs> yeah. you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. So um, all of us ended up splitting up Were they up ever again. worried that you, that you guys were like, you know, staying up late, maybe doing things that, you know, you weren't supposed to be doing or... I, we were pretty well behaved, man, surprisingly, um, because there was there was so much action in Uganda. Like even, for example, MTV came to launch here. A lot of the big networks came to launch in Uganda at that point in time because it was by far the most vibrant. So we were doing like upwards of like six, seven shows a weekend. And that wow. hasn't changed until COVID, you know. Um, mm. So it was, it was, there was a lot of action. It was too much happening for us to get up to mm. a, a lot, you know. And at that age, really, you know, um, all you're looking for is just rap, <laughs> rap, mm-hmm. sports, mm-hmm. go home, junk food. You know, you're not really, you're not really in tune with what's happening, um, yeah. you know, as far as the club scene and everything. So plus, we had to move with security, and that really helped, you know. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, they'd be like, "Get in the car, chaperones." Yeah, it's yeah, it's five a.m. So that Get was in the car. so that was still the vibe that you you guys had to move with security. Was that just because yeah. of that you were so young, or was is that like? No, I mean, it just turned into that all of a sudden. I mean, the first the first couple of years was okay, but then you know we started ended up you know ending up getting in small altercations here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's people who wanna grab you and hold you and, and, and not let you go or check you about something you said in a rap and you know mm. uh, <laughs> the fans here mm. get really involved in your music and and you know hip hop if someone yeah. someone can really get to know you from what you say so yeah. um um and they can and honestly they not like you know what they think yeah, yeah. exactly exactly yeah. so mm-hmm. um that that was hard for us especially being kids and I guess, like you say, being pioneers, no one could explain that to us. Like people are going to react to you online like this or people are going to come up to you. And, you know, the people in my group who are, you know, who get busy, like they really don't mind an altercation mm-hmm. and face to face. They they like, OK, um, so we kind of had to train ourselves to just take the criticism 
you know, and, and let it go, you know, just be like, hey, this is the music industry and this is this is what we need to expect. But we had to learn it by going through it. You know, there was there was no one there to kind of teach us and tell us about it. Um, but how do you so, at yeah, that we all point, split up. At, at, yeah. in the middle of a, a very successful, you know, career as an artist? And how yeah. do you decide to then say, no, I'm going to go back to school, take a hiatus? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, mostly parental influence. And also I was tired, man. I won't lie, I was tired, you know, I was still trying to play ball and, you know, all the other stuff. And, and um, I wanted to go back to school because even though I was two years young for my class, that had kind of caught up with me now. You know, I was now actually at the age where I needed to be. I was always young for school, you know, I started boarding school when I was like five years old. But now oh, wow. I was like, oh, three years later, oh, I'm actually with these dudes, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. kind of in a hurry to go back because I also didn't want to fall too behind. And I was also really tired, man. You know, six, seven <laughs> shows a week, um, party after party. I mean, for three years, it was like, OK, you know, what what else can we do right now? The, 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 let me go educate myself, get this out the way. I know it's really important to my father and my family, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was I was kind of happy in a way to get back to school. At the same point in time, I didn't think music was going to change and move and, and become so different. And um, getting back into the industry was definitely difficult, you know, yeah. but I went through, uh, I'd come back, try and release a song, roll out. Then I'd see the guy I've collaborated with, you know, driving around in Benzes and, you know, they've got shows <laughs> every weekend. So it, it was yeah. kind of hard, man. Sometimes, you know, you just be, you. I'll be watching you know, I'll be watching MTV in school and my video will pop up, you know, mm -hmm. and like I'm sitting down, like revising for exams. And, I'm, you know, I felt like I, I felt like I missed out a little bit, you know, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was cool. It was cool. But, but uh, so, five, yeah, everyone's five solo albums in. Now. Sorry. Sorry. Go. Yes. Go yes. Now. No, I was saying that. Yeah. yeah. So we all split up for school. And that's how I think mm -hmm. we started you know, our solo journeys, you know, I was doing a lot of conscious music and battles in South Africa. It was just like, you know, they had these battles for money and you'd find the most raw guys, you know, guys from Soweto. And um, and that really upped my game because I came into the industry on some conscious tip and then it kind of went a little bit commercial with clear cut. Um, and so by the time I went back to South Africa, that was my first like real lesson in street hip hop and the battle element and um i won't say the darker side of hip-hop i'll just say like bars you know <laughs> like mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like yeah you like where you either got it or perfect. you don't you know exactly yeah. exactly no, so no, uh, no uh catchy chorus is gonna save you when you're you know face to face with somebody who's got fire bars yes we know exactly that, you know so um yeah that I, I thank south africa for that kind of training so yeah mm -hmm. by the time i came back I felt safe anywhere as far as like music. Yeah. I could get on a song, yeah. collaborate with a you know singer. You know, I could do the folk music because my background mm -hmm. is from that. My my grandparents play that at weddings. You know, <laughs> eight hours straight. Um, and yeah, yeah man, then the, the solo the solo act Navio was born. You know, two thousand nine. So yeah. so you spent you spent a couple of years in South Africa getting your education. Uh, yeah, six. And then you come back to Uganda. Six years, man. That's a, a, yeah. Where you can't wholeheartedly, you know, I guess, uh, uh, dedicate yourself to, to yeah. being a recording artist. But you sharpen yes. your sword and then you re-enter yeah. uh, your home country uh, yeah. with that education. Parents are yeah. happy and yeah. like with, with your bars really on point. And that's when yeah. you kind of start, uh, you release your first solo album. Yeah, carte blanche. Okay. I, like yeah, I had a yeah. 
Yeah, I, like I'd I'd paid the piper, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I I, I yeah. felt I felt that freedom. There yeah. was no weight on my shoulders. I was like, oh, let's do it. Um, and it, yeah, it, it was a good feeling as well. Yeah. Mm. And so, how was it? I mean, re-entering there must be like you know, uh, I just released uh, uh, my first yeah. album uh, a couple of weeks ago. My first album yeah. in seven years, which is the longest yeah. kind of you know hiatus I've had from music yeah. Uh, yeah. in my life. Uh, and yeah. you know, you notice when and I always keep my ear. I'm listening to what's going on, yeah. but at the same time, there's all these young cats popping up, doing things differently. Yeah. And you know, yeah. it, it's not easy. You know, and you find yourself being like, no, 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 no. This yeah. is the way to do it. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you always have yeah. to progress. So was it difficult getting back into uh, like being a recording artist and doing shows again once you started going yeah. solo? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I mean, the whole industry had changed because now, uh, especially my group, we were one of the first group. Well, we were the first group to do like a proper music video for a track and have a release date and do that. And then we we're the first group to have, you know, an album, you know, 15, 16 songs. So all those days, 20, 21 songs, you know, um, to have an album launch concert. You know, we were the first groups to do that. Um and then we left. So when I came back in, I'm like, oh, everyone's doing this now. Now what we've done has become standard, you know. Um, so when I came back in and I started doing music again, I'm like, okay, now we got to take it a notch higher. So now in the concerts, you know, um, I, I basically record a whole bunch of music like really fast, <laughs> you know, like because mm -hmm. I'd been mm -hmm. in school this whole time, you know, I was, yeah, you know, yeah, as soon as they up, gave me a yeah. microphone. Yeah. So it's like three weeks, album done. Boom. Um mm. And then I did a concert and in the concert, you know, I'm, it's like I'm on stage. I'm like changing seven times, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I've got the live band. Guys are like, what are you a rapper? Yeah, yeah. Just do the DJ. I've got a live band and I'm, you know, we've got the LED screens. I didn't even know what they were. I was like, can we just put on stage behind me? They're like, no, people want to watch it. You know, <laughs> there was like a whole lot of rules and, and stuff, you know, laws that we were breaking. Um, and yeah, because I felt like I had to take it up. I'm like, oh, everyone's caught up. You know, what am I going to do now to, to, to kind of push us further? So um, that had to happen. And yeah, since then, the, the industry is now competitive. I think, you know, people, mm. you know, are now trying not necessarily outdo each other, but, you know, try and now look internationally, see what people are doing and just up, up their game, which is really cool. The overall music scene, but specifically the hip hop uh, scene in, in Uganda and in Kampala yeah. today. Yeah. What, what, what would you say is the temperature? I mean, obviously affected by uh, by you know the pandemic, yeah. Whatever standstill that has meant, but yeah, I'd say that hip hop itself um, was really big when we had come out, um, and then it kind of died down. Raga, reggae, all that took over um, oh, almost yeah. completely. And we've kind of come back in the industry and you have a lot of people doing the rap and then they now blending it with a lot of more commercial mm -hmm. elements, especially on the Raga side, because that's what pops off over here. Um, but I'd say that of the top 20 acts right now, like seven or eight of them are rappers, mm -hmm. you know, and that was never the case before. You know, a few years ago, it was like, oh, we, you know, be like, oh, this guy's number 25. You know, you'd find another rapper on the list of the top 100. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, but now like in the top 10, in the top 20, we're all there. You know, there's, there's other rappers that you see and recognize and what they're doing at shows with crowds is crazy. So I think this, that COVID has just slowed that progress down a little bit. 
I think by now people will be realizing that hip hop is actually the wave, you know, um, the next mm-hmm. wave. And uh, yeah, also, I guess uh, I mean hip hop yeah. also became a little more danceable. I'm not saying that yeah. it that it you know softened in that way, but yeah. you know when you hear a lot of I mean also what what it meant to be a rapper or you know because yeah. a lot of rappers today is is it's very melodic i mean like the lines True. between between r&b and 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 rap have kind of like been erased yeah. a little bit yeah. you know yeah and, yeah a lot a lot and i cuz i recognize that from back in the days that you do shows and yeah. they'd be mostly like you know the heads would be there but it was like nobody yeah. was dancing because it wasn't that type of yeah. You know, in the nineties, that's not what it was about. You know, <laughs> yeah, true, uh, whereas true. today, you know, it's it, you can get more of a dance floor. You know, and yeah, still yeah. keep it real, so to speak. Yeah, true, and I mean, like, like you, you can probably um, understand that better than some because you had a very melodic flow at times. You know, mm, you were mm. trying, you were trying things with your flow. From the, you know, then, yeah. the early stuff that I've heard, you know, and, yeah, stuff, and I can yeah. imagine back in those days, because like, I have this, I had the same problem. I'd always be trying to not necessarily do like a bone thugs, but I'd try and mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. add some extra flows. And then the guys be like, yo, man, just do it like DMX, you know, <laughs> they, they just like wanted that straight. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the realest thing at one yeah. point, you know. Um, no, I so definitely I caught slack it. for for adding yeah. like melody to my rhymes, you know, yeah, yeah, back in yeah. the early 2000s. There were yeah. definitely some, you know, orthodox uh, 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 <laughs> people the in the scene who were not having it, you know, the hardliners, yeah. the fundamentalists. But And yeah. I respect that. And I was always humble yeah. about that. But I was like, yeah, yeah. but I'm still going to have to, you know, do, <laughs> do me. I'm still going to have to try it, you know. Yeah, but okay, yeah. but tell me navio you released your last yeah. your, your fifth solo album came out last year strength in numbers yeah. it's a dope album i think Thank just you. from from the moment when i saw the cover it t- it started telling the story you know yeah tell me how was it to release an album in 2020 it's leading up to this very kind of uh yeah. uh acrimonious election that happened in the beginning yeah. of this year like mm. how was that experience um, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. I mean, you know, you had everything happening in the election. Uh, the person who's running against, you know, the president, um, you know, first of all, you, you look at the numbers and you're like, OK, when you see someone at like five million votes and you see this guy who used to be an artist and a troublemaker um, and a, a, a ragamuffin and a, mm. like, a you know, had that yeah, because Bobby Wine is was yeah. at some point one of Uganda's yeah. top artists, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah still, singer, is. still is. Singer, as yeah. I understand it, he still is today. That's very dope yeah. to to balance yeah. that out, being a top artist and at the same time yeah. nearly won the election. Yeah, it's it's in, it's incredible um, that that happened, you know. Um, and I wouldn't say he was super close, but I mean. Uh, you know, they're used to winning like the next closest person will have like a million votes if like the person has five million. And now you had a situation where it's like, you know, he's on like 3.5 million votes and the president's like 5.8. That's like, that's super close to even have half of what the president does because he's very loved. He's a very loved president. You know, that's, that's, that's very loved still. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's still very loved. Um, But yeah, yeah, I imagine him being kind of the father of the nation in a way. Yeah. Yeah. With his revolutionary credentials. uh, Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Bobby, 
Uh, and also, yeah, of course, so Bobby comes in with the election. I have I have the most collaborations with him <laughs> as an artist. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. trying to duck <laughs> where I can, stay safe. You know what I mean? Okay, so the fact that you had collaborated with Bobby Wine so much yeah. could be a problem kind of for you in me. the eyes of the authorities. Yeah, yeah, put me, put me in a on, on a on a list, you know, where they have to keep an eye okay. on me. And and um, you know, I got a lot of offers. You know, I won't say just from the leading party, but I did get a lot of offers to kind of join all the parties. You know, I think when they mm-hmm. saw that that um, that kind of worked, the one thing that a lot of people miss is they'll have the following, but you know, they didn't have the squeaky clean reputations. And so that's what they mm-hmm. thought they could capitalize on with me. So, you know, almost, almost, I say a lot, I won't say which, but I say a lot of political parties try to get, get me on board as well to kind of, And And did you, know, you consider, did you consider like involving I mean, yourself in politics at some I, point or? I mean, you, when you, you know, when you think about sometimes you get lured in by that financial gain, but then you have to think about what's true to you. You know, what's going to keep you safe, your family safe. I don't need to be, I don't need my kid going to school with, you know, two armed guards. You know and I mean? Like, it's not like Sweden over here. Like every guard, AK-47 fully loaded. Like, okay, I don't, I, like I, I don't feel like I want, yeah, I want that to be happening. And I, I already get so much attention from just being an artist as well. You know, anything can go wrong, you know, just on a night out. So, um, I didn't want to attract more of that in my life because I've been, you know, so, I've been so an artist how did, for 20 how did years. you then balance that? Like you're releasing, you know, that when you release your album during the, you know, run up to the election, that mm-hmm. whatever you say can be held against you. But I, like, how did you balance yeah. that as far as like the lyrics and what the content of the, of the I, album I mean, is? Yeah, I mean, thank God for hip hop, you know, mm-hmm. the metaphors. Mm-hmm. You know the the, mm-hmm. the ability yeah, to yeah the convoluted yeah yeah you know um, and, yeah. and yeah and that is really there are a lot of hip hop fans will understand exactly what I'm saying but for most of the population it still goes over their heads especially mm-hmm. you know people who are running the the, the joint so I, I I still feel like I was free to say whatever I I needed to say um, but I was aware that anything I can say can affect you know, the family and my, my people and who I care about. Um, you know, at the end of the day, also just the hip hop spirit, you want to say what you want to say sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I got on and, I, and, I, and I'd give, I'd be able to state my opinion. I think how you say it also matters. You know, um, you can state your opinion without being disrespectful. Um, and then other times you, just, you have to be disrespectful, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Um, how did something like the killing of George Floyd, uh, how did that land in, in, would you say, in like in your mind, uh, seen from Kampala, seen from, yeah. you know, from Uganda? How, how did yeah. that, would you say, affect uh, uh, I, your people? I think for, for, it was half and half. Half the people kind of, uh, were aware or or half of us believe that we have brothers that have been stolen and taken mm. so we don't expect them to be treated well anyway mm. and then the other half is kind of like yo this is an american with an american passport why is there a knee on the back of his neck mm-hmm. you know uh, because we always thought that 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 sort of stuff is is reserved for you know, either it's a back in the day thing or, you know, um, or it, I don't know. <laughs> like if, yeah, there was definitely those who thought that, yeah, that that is how we see America because of what we hear from Trump and, and the rest of them. That's how we see. That's how we think they should. That's how we think they are treated, you know. And then the other half of them, you know, are, are surprised. They're like, "Oh my goodness!" You know, all everyone who comes over here from the states, you know, all we see are the artists, and you know, you go to a Rick Ross concert or a, sure, a R. Kelly or a Wyclef concert over here, you know, you see these guys bawling and having a blast, and you're like, "Oh man, black people are free out there." Mm. You know, you don't really realize the extent of what they went through. And I thought George, I think George Floyd brought that back into perspective for us in Africa like yo these guys are getting treated you know as badly as they ever were you know it has been like this all that stuff that we thought was just overreaction from Tupac and this is back in 95 when he used to Mm. talk about this stuff you know none Mm. of that has changed so um, Mm. yeah definitely I think it lent us perspective yeah we just wanted them to come out yeah yeah no I'm I'm wondering if in, in essence it can you know, affect 
young people today in a country like Uganda to think twice maybe about dreaming about migrating to the United States or to Britain oh. to really I mean to just realize that you know I think a lot of times growing up in Sweden uh, I have my dad lived for for 10 years in in Nigeria so mm-hmm. we were well connected with with you know the African communities around yeah. in southern Sweden where I grew up but but I would still react to the fact that for my uh, my classmates or whatever you know white Swedes the the images that they were shown of Africa were those of yeah. poverty uh, uh, starvation war uh, and suffering you know mm. never of you know I remember myself the first time I landed uh, in the first time I went to sub-Saharan Africa, I landed in uh, uh, Durban in 2003, I think it was, uh, 2002. Yeah. And, and even though, you know, I'd been taught about Africa since I was a child, you know, I, I, I knew a lot of kids whose roots were in different parts of, of the continent, it still was like, wow, you know. Uh, it, even to me, it was kind of revelatory to see that, you know, yeah. people in suits, people with, you know, straight backs, heads high, yeah. people yeah. like really. And I noticed that South African yeah. cultures of one of great joy, happiness, yeah. dance, yeah. music, yeah. Like really, you know, Be- better roads what, than Sweden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and none of none of that uh, uh, diet of of. Oh, Africa's just uh, poor and suffering and, and like a yeah. kind of uh, orphan child. And at the same time, you know, speaking yeah. to my people in Africa during my travels there, saying how they grew up with seeing maybe Europe, for example, as a pr- place where everybody's, where there's wealth and there's opportunity uh-huh. and, 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 you know, kind of like a paradise. And these uh, uh, skewed and incomplete yeah. Uh, ideas of each other between Europe and Africa. Yeah, um, yeah. it's it's because yeah, then because I mean, then I see it, you know, and then people will, of course, over the course of many years. I my my dad migrated to Europe from the United States, though, uh, yeah, yes. in search of a better life and more opportunity. And sure, that does exist. But here, yeah. you also have, yeah. you know, you have people suffering, you have poverty, you have crime, you have a lot of mm. the social. Uh, 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 illnesses that exist, yeah, yeah, that are global, but yeah, yeah, it's it's so hard to get a complete picture. I mean, mm. you know, Africa, you can see that the resources are here, um, mm. all the and sometimes some, yeah, and sometimes when you're in Europe as well, you know, when you start figuring out. Uh, and you start asking questions about what is actually planted here, what national mm. resources are there here. Mm. You know, um, there are a few countries I, I, you know, I won't mention, but I, you know, I, I did a little touring in Europe, and I was like, I was looking around, I'm like, what do you guys actually do here? Like, well, oh, kind of just import export. You know, it's mm-hmm. like Africa has this abundance of resources that we don't capitalize exactly. on, and we don't add no. value to. You know, mm-hmm. we literally just, you know, pluck it out the ground sell it to Europe, and then it gets sold back to us, you know, at 20 times exactly. the price. Exactly. To, to clarify, you the know. resources are in Africa, but the wealth yeah. uh, escapes yeah. a lot of it anyway. Yeah. 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 So, and, 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 you know, mentioning South Africa also, you, can you imagine that the same malls that you were walking into in 2002, you would not have been able to walk into eight years earlier than that? 
you know. Mm. So that place also <laughs> has its own yeah. imbalances, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, but it is a utopian. It is, you know, an amazing place to be at. And, and you can see what happens when resources in a country are used, you know, to, to kind of get ahead in, in, in world economies and stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and to think Congo has as many resources as that, you know, uh, Botswana has as many resources as that, you know, there's Nigeria. so many other countries. Yeah. yeah. Um, oil rich. There's so many other places that have those resources, but no one's been able to really capitalize on, 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 mm. on that. And, and a lot of times they're not helped too, because when you're getting, when you go to a shop, um, for example, if you go to a street corner shop, you might be able to invest in that shop, but you might n- now not be able to afford the cheap goods that they've been selling to you at that price. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of the same way with economies. It's like, why would I go into Congo and help them really set up their structure and get a hold of their, all their assets and all their natural resources? You know what I mean? Then, then they have control over me. They can sell it to me. And, you know, the same thing that happened in the Middle East where oil prices just skyrocketed, you know, um, out the blue. It, it really showed that um, when you have control of your own resources, you kind of have, you know, the the, the Western world by the uh, the gonads, by the balls. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, but yeah, speaking from um, a hip hop perspective, it, it's, yeah. it feels like the past 10 years, Africa, the continent of Africa, and, you know, maybe, well, but via both Nigeria, Ghana, Uganda, South Africa, uh, also yeah. Senegal, and many nations, has, is really. Uh, claiming a place in in global mm. hip hop in a way that it it yeah. hadn't uh, previously. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch because mm. there is a universal there are universal trends that happen, mm. you know. And what I like about hip hop, um, especially from everywhere in the world, is people kind of get on it and add their own little vibe to it, you know. Mm. Um, so, for example, you. You can imagine our perspective when we used to hear grime, for example, from the mm-hmm, UK, you know, mm-hmm. we'd be like, oh, OK, you know, that's that's there. But, you know, that's will it ever thing. really yeah. get out? And then you have the pop smokes come out using the same yeah. beats and they blow it up. Yeah. And that just becomes a worldwide trend. But that's from the UK. That's a UK sound like, you know, mm-hmm. no one can deny that. But, yeah, it is interesting to see how people jump on those trends and then make it their own. And like, you know, these Ghana boys. <laughs> what Ghana has done with drill and whatnot yeah. right now is just yeah. for me that's like the you know I'm like you know it's yeah it's it's unheard so what of what is so, some of the what is some of the artists you're checking now like Ghana Nigeria like around uh, around the continent of Africa that our listeners may not be up on um, you know, I mean of course including yourself but but um, yeah um I mean from here me. Um, Kenya, you gotta check out Calligraph. Um, Calligraph, yeah. Yeah, Tay Grin from Zambia. Um, of course, yeah, Sakodie, Ghana. <laughs> Start there and work, work your way down there. But there are a lot of young boys. Sakodie is an OG. He came in with me. So, so, um, but yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, this is, you know, AKA, of course, uh, Casper in South Africa. Um, yeah. And I'm just touching on like, just the the top. Yeah, just the, the, tip, the tippy tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. trust me, there are like artists who will kill all of the guys I just mentioned, including me, um, <laughs> that are just starting out. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah. It's you literally just type African hip hop, man, in any platform that you're on right now. And um, it's it's going to be an eye opener, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Also, I, also, I think it I mean, how kind of uh, like the Niger sound using as a making its own thing of, of kind of dance hall influence also yeah. now has, you know, via the likes of, for example, Drake influencing American yeah. artists, because usually, yeah. you know, it, it was a one way street, like America influences yeah. the rest of the world as far as hip hop is considered, but it's yeah. like starting yeah. to open up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have, it's, have, um, have you been, have you been stateside I, to perform? I, you, yeah. Yeah, I have. I have actually. Um, and yeah, the blend of stuff I had to do was insane because I was in a club. Uh, my last show, we did a we did a place in Atlanta, so which is heavy on like that down south vibe. But then it's an African owned club, and I'm coming through from UG. You know, <laughs> it was like there was levels to that performance. You know, um, and people at the end were just like. Um, we had managed to cater for everyone, you know, by the time an hour was done, you know, um, I, I thank God that I came into the industry with versatility because, you know, jump on stage, knock out my burner boy collaboration, you know, and mm. then there's, okay, you know, you there's some old collabo. Yeah. Then there's some That's old dope. heads That's in the dope. place. So we, I do my Keith sweat, my Keith sweat collab, <laughs> you know, then switch it <laughs> over. Do a couple of, yeah. Yeah. Underground battle. Yeah. And then, you know, I, it, it was just, it was the craziest, most schizophrenic show I ever did, but mm. it made sense, you know, because there were so many mm. cultures in there and everyone was taken care of. So, um, thank God for versatility, man. Um, mm. but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, but, but it's speaking a vibe. Of, do you, yeah. do you think of like, you know, when talking with your wife, you're thinking about your family, your future, do you yeah. imagine yourself staying in Uganda and, and, building still in your home country or or yeah. is there any kind of horizon of knob we might have to yeah. move to uk or us or no nah, no nah, I, I can't i can't roll man i can't go my my, my father's the son of a chief like oh, wow. uh, they built they built the city around my village you know like last 600 years we've been here you know wow. um and before that so for me it's like Culturally, I can't. I can't really move. We still have a king, you know. You gotta pay taxes to the the, the institution and pay taxes to the king. That's how so deep it is the for king, us. So this is the king of Uganda. Yes, yes, the Kabaka. Yeah. yeah, my 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 point was there. I can't. I I, I definitely can't leave. And you, you think about you know some of the. The, the the ways that I got ahead in the industry, that constant performing. I've been performing since I was 15, 16 years old until COVID hit. So I've been doing the endorsements. I've been, you know, pushing. I've been saving. I've been... Um, and at the end of the day, I was like, do I keep trying to perform on a level? You know, I've, I've already been in top five in Africa, you know, mm. at one point in my career. Do I keep trying to push that right now um, during COVID or do I try and settle my roots? you know, really like build my crib. I mean, I own a couple of places, but uh, like really build that lakefront <laughs> dream mm -hmm. house mm -hmm. of mine. Do I get that out the way? You know, I'm a, I'm an old man now. You know what I mean? So I, I, <laughs> Not I, yet, brother, because if you're old, yeah, that, yeah. that just means nah. I'm older, man. <laughs> well, well, you you know what I mean? But you got the Swedish yeah. facials, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm out here. And, I have. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, man. Damn. Yeah. Are we, I'm not older than you. Am I but, not older than you? But it is. 
Yeah, I'm seventy. I'm born in seventy five. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you got yeah, me. Yeah. You got me. A so couple I, years. I got, couple. A, I got a couple on you. I got a couple on you. A couple, you. one but, or two. But it's also, yeah. you know, and it's also all about how how much we've done in our lives. But it is yeah. interesting to to discover also yeah. uh, what uh, aging within hip hop culture yeah. is like, and and yeah. how that plays out. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know what. Uh, Actually, just just on the other point, it's like the responsibilities you have. Mm, mm. Do I do I use my resources to risk and keep trying to put myself on that level as far as the African act, mm. or do I solidify mm. my roots at home? You know, um, so that is always that's that's always key for me. That's that's actually the only question I was asking. You know, when the pandemic hit, um, when I was like, yeah, I can't keep trying to chase these Davidos and Wizkids for another generation. But mm-hmm. I've kind of been in the top the top artists for like, you know, years. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I thought it, it was time to step back. But yeah, aging in hip hop is crazy. Luckily, for me, I'm always open to new vibes. If I see a new act yeah. on stage. You know, doing something I've never heard before. Like, like I had mentioned when you asked me about my, some of my inspirations. You know, that album from the Fushnikans. I don't know if you know them. Mm, mm, well, of course, yeah, man. So, um, you know, hearing groups like that, I'm like, these guys are completely going against the grain and doing something. Mm, mm. You know, that has never been heard of. It's it's insane. You know, in yeah, almost like yeah. you know, like like what happens when an MC snaps? That's the level that they're mm. always on, you know. Mm. Um, so for me, when I hear a new flow and I hear, I see something, it never really surprises me. I just I just put myself in their mind frame because I was a new act once, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think about mm-hmm. what what they've done in their flow that I can add and what you know mm-hmm. they're not doing that I can. You know, uh, for me, it's always a give and take with new cultures and new artists and new acts coming. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have a lot of people from our generation who are always like, man, you know, get, let's get stick with the boom bap and you know, yeah, yeah. I would yeah, never, exactly. I would never touch a beat like that. Like I would never yeah. say that I would never touch a beat like that. No, you know, I mean, that's it's, when we it's, truly it's, grow old. Is when we yeah. stop, uh, uh, you know, developing yeah. and pro- progressing yeah. and and yeah. and you know, yeah. uh, growing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like the challenge, you know, um, definitely. Mm. But yeah, you got to make mature decisions, man. <laughs> End of the yeah, day, man. You know? it, it, man, it's a hell of a road to navigate, too, because I feel myself yeah. wanting to like, you know, on my latest album, wanting to yeah. speak directly to some of the younger. I mean, we're seeing yeah. a, a kind of a trend of a lot of the kind of talking about, but also living the life of, of like, you know, mm. where guns and, and, and another level of violence is a lot more... Uh, yeah. Uh, talked about, uh, romanticized, glorified, but also and but also yeah. lethal. You know, in a yeah. way that when I was, you know, coming up in the '90s, you know, yeah. of course things could things could pop off, but it was very rarely including uh, yeah. that level of violence. You know, so I, I yeah. found myself of writing the lyrics, wanting to speak. To them, you know, more in yes. the kind of <laughs> uncle OG. in the fashion how, yeah. of how an uncle OG would speak. But at the same time, yeah. I know that nothing will be less attractive to them than hearing. Yeah. Some, they don't want to hear some uncle. Man, they're yeah. 18, 19 years old. They want to do that. They, they want to show that they can also, you know what I mean? Yeah, my first mixtape, it actually came after the Clear Cut albums. It was called Revolutionary mm-hmm. Mindset. Um, and it was all just upliftment type of vibe. And that's what I wanted to do. But 
even in within my own team and people around me, it was like, listen, nobody is going to give it two hoots about yeah, what you want to yeah, do, yeah. you know? So I literally <laughs> tried to even involve, I was like, let me take it higher and even try and involve like, you know, charities and these kind mm-hmm. of things and, you know, mm-hmm. youth upliftment. And also they weren't really interested. They just wanted me to show up, quick photo op, you know, do like a photo opportunity and, and that's mm-hmm. it. And I was like, yo, why don't we try to build, you know, a certain level of like like a, a, a conscious movement of where people are, mm-hmm. you know, more positive and whatnot. So, and then when this COVID hit and I got my two kids, I kind of feel like I have to just come back and, and do what's popping right now, you know, mm-hmm. do what's popping right now, kind of put my foot down and say I'm in the door still. And then from there you know see i can, can i can now yeah, yeah see where i can build and, and and i mean in sweden actually i was really surprised when i was there because i was there for like three months when my son was being born and oh wow um when, yeah, when are we talking this pre-pandemic i guess this yeah this is like yeah end of 2017 um mm, and then I when my other son man. was being born yeah, yeah. When yeah, yeah. I, I was really low i was super low-key um of course of course but yeah then uh came i was there in 2018 uh, mm. December into into 2019. Um, yeah, up, so through the winter, first of all, I got to make that Ooh, known to everybody. Yeah, that must be, because, you know, Kampala and Stockholm or anywhere in Sweden, quite different when it yeah, comes to, you that, know. <laughs> quite different. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite put it like that. If it weren't for the collective uh, forgetfulness, where kind of in our minds, we kind of forget yeah. how ghastly these winters yeah. are, None of us would be here, man. So there's some kind of trick of the mind that enables that. So how was the winter in yeah. Sweden for you, Navio? Yeah. Man, it was it was painful, yeah. man. It was painful. I was like, I literally just want to hold my child. Just <laughs> that's to get why people people hibernate myself. literally, you know, during winter months yeah. here. Yeah, it's like he really loves his his child is inside his shirt. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it ain't for him. <laughs> It's for me. It's for warm, me, dog. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know if he gonna make it, but I am. No, but um, no. Nah, it was, it was, it was, it was a beautiful thing, though. and it's, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never seen anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, sweeping snow off the roads and it's like thirty feet high. Mm-hmm. You know, like that much ice has fallen during the night, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It sounds crazy, but to me, it's like otherworldly. I've never been in winter mm-hmm. like that. I've been in the UK during mm-hmm. winter. It's just like a bit mossy and there's some, yeah, some you know, the, the street is slippery. Yeah, yeah, That's it. Yeah. yeah, you know. Um, but this was like next level coldness, man. Um, uh, but it was it was a dope experience and everything. But even then, I'm sorry, to yeah. come back to the point, I, I started hearing about, you know, like gun violence and stuff in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, that's really weird because I'm looking around and I'm like, it's not too bad. Those winters are crazy. But I feel like once an idea like that starts, you know, from what I what I witnessed, it's like once that gangsterism thing starts in a certain area and you feel like you're entitled to do A, B, C, D to another mm-hmm. person and you fall in love with American culture and you kind of, you know, kind of personify that somewhere else, you know, because I saw a lot of, I did see a lot of gangster, more probably more gangster stuff than I should have, mm. you know, um, because of some of the people that were around us. And I, I was really surprised um, that it's getting to that level in, in Sweden. And also my sister-in-law is kind of like working with, um, you know, um, uh, 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can't pronounce anything in Swedish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. it kind of works in those youth homes and mm-hmm. with, you know, mm-hmm. youth who are in trouble and stuff like that. So, you know, she comes back with stories and I'm just like, it's just unbelievable, you know, sometimes the level. But, you, I mean, you have the two energies working in tandem, yeah. one of them, and of course the primary primary one is the inequalities that yeah. do exist here. You know, the, the Western-style yeah. inequalities of mainly of income, but also inequalities of education yeah. and yeah. healthcare and and really that actually being what 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 we have grown up with here, even though, of course, yes, you have uh, uh, more or less, I mean, or everybody has running water and yeah. hot water. And I mean, there's certain there's a certain le- there's a certain standard that everybody yeah. enjoys. But even within that, there's grave inequality and of course systemic racism and then at the same time you have this very magnetic uh, uh, and even more omnipotent hip-hop culture than it was when we got into it you know Uh, I mean when I started when I started really dedicating and passionately uh, becoming a part of hip-hop culture in 1989 it was still very you know in the small town in the mm. south of Sweden where I was from, uh, uh, there were like 10, 10 people in town that, that were yeah. into hip-hop, yeah. you know. And then, of course, we see today it's, it's by far the most dominant kind of pop cultural force yeah. globally, you know. And But in that, inside of that, you have a more kind of violent yeah. streak, uh, uh, you know. For example, a group like the Fushnikens who really embody yeah. that kind of uh, playfulness, yeah. almost a... Uh, uh, playfulness kind of a joy based you know uh, uh, way of just like uh yeah energy and and showing like you're just your skills of being a rapper and and kind of moving the crowd or impressing the crowd with with your bars and your flow to 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 today where you know trap and drill is it's cold it's quite it's cold and quite dark you know uh uh and a lot of it you know kids today are listening to the pop smokes of you know may he rest in power but you know you you kind of you live by the gun in a sense that always has been around in hip-hop but is even more dominant today i think so i think you have those two things pulling. yeah Yeah, because it was very easy to see you know who who you can and who you can't mess with but nowadays you know someone come up to you in pink pants and pink hair and the whole mm. <laughs> Pink and tight rob pants. you yeah. <laughs> properly like you know they'll be in fact they wouldn't want to rob you they just want to you know um so i hope it i hope that changes it's weird and in such a beautiful place you go from craft to seeing that <laughs> yeah you know what yeah. i mean straight yeah, I you, can, you yeah. put down yeah, your fork and you. knife at craft huever mm-hmm. singing yeah, you songs your crayfish yeah yeah you go to the club and then suddenly it's like a whole different yeah. world. It's, it's, it's weird, but um, I hope I hope that that yeah can be sorted. Well, you know, I yeah. hope that, uh, or I know that, you know, I hope we can get you back uh, up to Sweden next time, and then we definitely have to link up, Navio. Yes, um, you owe me a track. And I trek. also even more. I hope that yeah, hell yeah, anytime, brother, <laughs> anytime, seriously, and uh, or let's just make that happen. Yes, know? yes, let's just make that happen, please. And, even more so, even before you come up here, I want to come to Kampala, man. Ooh, I need I to come you. to Kampala. I, you I know, dare, like, We were just talking about these winters. Oh, I'm, you know. <laughs> Bro, it's it's kind of crazy, yes. man. Uh, we had one one artist from there that I met when I was out there. 
Um, mm. And he was supposed to come here for he was supposed to come here for two weeks, and he ended up spending three months. So watch wow. out, mm. be careful. Uganda oh, yeah. will get you. Oh, yeah. The food is amazing. Mm. Like yeah, I want to get the, one of those. The Rolexes, bananas are sweet. You know. Yo, Rolex yeah. man, see. See, you do too much damn research, Timbuktu. In Rolexes, you know what a Rolex is? Yes, man. I've never had one, but I know what it is. Yeah. Chapati, which is kind of like a a, a more delicious roti made with milk. Mm. And then they put like kind of an omelet, an egg in there. Mm. And then you can have like the tomatoes, fresh Ugandan juicy Mm. tomatoes in Mm. there with the cabbage. They roll that joint up. And mm-hmm. you got yourself a Rolex. They call it a Rolex, but it's really the, the word comes from roll eggs. So they just call it a Rolex. Roll eggs. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Street food. I thought it had something to one. do with the watch from Switzerland. But, <laughs> like, but, okay. Maybe. I like the Rolex. Because everybody's always more. like, it's Rolex time, maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> every time yeah, is Rolex man. time. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, Navio, uh, uh, all of our dear listeners, you can check Navio on your local streaming platform. That shit is worldwide. And and uh, your latest album, Strength in Numbers, I highly yes. recommend that y'all blast that now and, and get a taste of what Ugandan hip-hop feels like. Where can we find you? Where can the listeners find you on, like, Instagram and your yeah. handles? Um, yeah, Instagram, uh, Twitter. <clears throat> what's, your, what's your handle on Instagram? Snapchat is, all of those are at Navio Music. So Navio, Navio music. music, yeah, yeah, N-A-V-I-O. Right, um, and yeah, Facebook is just Navio. Uh, so yeah. yeah, man, please, you guys, look me up. Thank you for adding to global hip-hop culture with your art and diligence for all these decades, man. You know, it's a beautiful thing, brother. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Thanks for coming on, Navio. I'm teaching you so you know when you get here. It's your boy Navio. Thank you so much, brother. Peace. Stay safe now. And and keep that heat on Kampala. Oh, we, we must. We must. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.